Let's do it. Is this live? Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Yeah, okay. You know you're fine. Amp Radio. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Amp Radio, brought to you as ever by the Amp Radio Network. My name is Proteus. I will be here with you all night. I unfortunately am not joined by the usual cast of characters, but we're still here, ladies and gentlemen. Almost three years in a row. That's right. To do hashtag smack my picks up UFC Fight Night 146, also known as Lewis versus Dos Santos. Coming at us live and direct on March 9th, 2019 at the Intrust Bank Arena in the granddaddy of them all, Wichita, Kansas. And DJ Tony has a white stripe joke to insert here. You all know what I'm talking about. Okay, guys, as I mentioned at the top, I am not joined by the usual cast of characters. Unfortunately, the first lady of Amp Radio is unavailable tonight, but that's okay. Just just so you know, you got the penises for the rest of the of the evening. I'm just kidding. That's not a bonus for anyone. All right, so as I mentioned, I am joined by the big boss man himself, the original B-Boy. Let's go ahead and bring him in now. It's Tony Pat. DJ! Rodinas, as the great yep, Jack sir. White once said, we are not going to Wichita. <laughs> and there it is. There's the White Stripes reference I mentioned earlier on. And DJ Tony, just so the audience and you also know, not only are we going to do um, main event, co-main event, and spotlight fight of the night as we usually do for hashtag Smack My Picks Up, we're also Going to have a little Amp Radio Rewind. Tony, so how are you feeling? You doing all right today? You know, Proteus, you're probably the only one that knows that I'm, I've been sick. So I had walking pneumonia. I had, uh, I've been on antibiotics. I am on drugs, as Mark mentioned. Sorry, Marco <laughs> mentioned last week. However, however, no coding tonight, so I should be more sober all than right. I was last time. Well, we do appreciate it, DJ Tony. Thank you very much. Uh, let's waste no time and get to it. Of course, we miss Pam. Uh, she had uh, some life uh, that got in the way of tonight's show. Uh, she had to work late, so no worries. Uh, we give her a pass because she didn't win last week anyway, so don't matter. Let's go ahead and bring in the star of the show himself, deep from the heart of Texas. It's Marco from Waco Brother. Try that again, Marco, because the volume was way down. In three, two, one. Marco from Waco Brothers. The sausage fest is here. Let's come out with all the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed. Uh, unfortunately, Pammy will not grace us with her presence tonight, but how are you doing this evening, uh, Marco? I, I hear we woke you from slumber. My goodness, man. I was deep, deep on, on, on deep, now deep asleep, and you guys there woke me up. 
so I can do this this choke call and smack my pits. How dare you? <laughs> I hope you weren't dreaming of uh, integra- uh, of of ghosts coming over and giving you a good time like in Ghostbusters. Oh great! Now you're gonna get me thinking about <laughs> ghosts and stuff. I won't be able to go to sleep. You suck. Okay. Oh Let's no! I, I, I you got it, brother. I would have been upset if we inter- interrupted one of those dreams. All right, so. Let's get this show started. DJ Tony, go ahead and cue that music. For the heavyweight division we go. Derek, my balls is hot. Black Beast, Lewis, coming at us deep from the heart of Texas, just like Marco from Waco, brother, versus the boy, your boy, DJ Tony, Junior Dos Santos, Singano. All right, at age 35, Singano is 6'4", 239 pounds is what he's coming in at. And Marco, Derek Lewis, coming back at us, 34 years of age, six foot three, 264 pounds. He is listed at here on the dog that is sure. And let me, let me quickly, DJ, uh, Tony, and Marco, give you guys the odds before I ask Marco for his pick here. We've got Derek Lewis as a favorite at a plus 170. And Junior Dos Santos coming back at us, Marco, at a minus – oh, sorry, reverse that. So Santos is the favorite. Derek Lewis at a plus 170, Junior Santos at a minus 200. Marco, what you got going on here in the main event of UFC Fight Night 146? I like this main event just for the fun factor of it. Uh, if you are a betting dog, man, and you want to bet the dog, it's a good fight to bet the dog on. Uh, yeah. Te- technically speaking, you know, technique will say that Junior Santos should win this fight, you know? The better boxer, former champion, knockout artist. You know, he's fighting more, more from the outside lately, you know, using his uh, footwork. Everything will dictate that he should win. But Mr. My Bones are hot. That is Lewis, man. He got that life-changing freaking power. I mean, Volcano was freaking uh, winning the fight. Pillar to pose. Until the last 10 seconds of the fight when he got freaking slapped by Derek Lewis. So, you know, Derek is a light dog at any second of the fight. And I got that feeling, man, because Derek Lewis got the history of, like, he's losing the fight until he doesn't lose it anymore. And uh, nine times out of ten, people wake up, you know, open their eyes and, what the hell just hit me? What I am on the floor? And Derek Lewis is doing his... uh, Famous celebration, you know, rolling on the freaking ground. <laughs> I got the black piece, dude. I got the feeling that the black piece is going to knock out Junior Dos Santos. You know, Dos Santos got a lot of freaking mileage on his body. You know, take, just take from, from, yeah. uh, the Stephen Miocic knockout, the two Cain Velasquez fights. Uh, the guys are, you know, championship level fighter. You know, we know that. You know, former champion and all. But I, Derek Lewis is something special, man. And uh, he got plenty of heart, you know. He got no quit. And he got that life-changing power. So I'm going to pick up Derek Lewis late on the third round with a knockout. And on an entertainment. Okay. I know it's a five-round fight, five fight, I know that. But I think it, late on the third, we're going to see uh, Derek Lewis catch uh, Dosanto with something and knocking him out. So give it to Lewis right now, Cap. All right. 
and yeah, you mentioned that this is another five rounder, of course. DJ Tony Marco brings up good points that uh, Lewis has got that life changing power, but he also mentioned that uh, Dos Santos is is you know probably the the more skilled fighter, but also brought up all the mileage that of course Dos Santos has on his body. DJ Tony, what you got going on here in the main event? You know what, Proteus? I actually totally agree with Marco with everything but the finish. Here's the thing. Like Marco was saying, conventional wisdom should tell you, right, the better boxer, the more trained boxer. The problem is JDS's chin, guys, I think it's been gone for quite some time. I really think it's been gone for quite some time. Part of it is, like Marco said, the mileage. The other part of it is the big guys, right? Their chin can only hold up for so long. Um, I think he's going to get caught, you guys, because it's, I mean, when he beat Tai Tuivasa, I think Tai Tuivasa to me reminds me a lot of Derek Lewis, like a lot. And I actually thought that that was going to go the the other way around. Um, I'm taking Derek Lewis, guys. First round TKO late in the first so it hurts me to say that okay. I like both of these guys, but I'm taking Derek Lewis. Okay. I, I think you guys obviously bring up good points, as I was mentioning uh, before I brought Tony in. Like, Marco, you say, you know, JDS has got a lot of mileage on his body. You're right. But he's also had more experience, in my opinion. You know, we saw what Daniel Cormier was able to do uh, to Derek Lewis, of course, there is levels to this shit. And of course, uh, Dos Santos does not have the wrestling, of course, that Daniel Cormier has. But I do believe that Dos Santos is not going to be stupid and, and leave himself open to those big shots of Derek Lewis. Yes, Derek Lewis has other weapons. You know, he can uh, throw some kicks. Um, he, he, he has shown that he can finish on the ground, but I, I highly doubt if this fight goes to the ground that Lewis is in the um, – better position uh, against Dos Santos. Um, so I- I'm going to disagree with you guys just because uh, that's better radio as well. And, and I do believe that I, I, I think this is, I, in my opinion, if Derek Lewis gets past uh, Dos Santos on this one, I mean, we should probably fast track him again uh, to get him up there as soon as possible. But I think the game plan has, has been shown how you you go about neutralizing uh, what Dos San- uh, Lewis brings to the table? Uh, could could you guys be right and Dos Santos uh, ends up looking up at the lights? Absolutely. But I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna. I don't think this one goes five. Um, I think if this one goes into championship rounds, uh, of of course there's no championship on the a line here, but of course it's the main event uh, of a USC fight. So of course it's five rounds for all of you who don't know. Now you know. Um, I'm going to take uh, in the fourth, I'm going to go ahead and take those Santos. Marco, I know that you're right that Lewis has a tendency to come back, but I think that Dos Santos is going to be able to take him into these, the, as I say, championship rounds and get it done um, by TKO in the fourth. I call him the main event All right, guys. Okay, main event rounds. That's, that's a good, that's, that's a better way to call them. Let's say, let's say that as opposed to championship rounds. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move right along uh, to the co-main event. We go to the welterweight division. This is a mouthful, ladies and gentlemen. I'm probably going to get it wrong. Elizu 
Zaleski Dos Santos versus Curtis Milder. All right, so let's get into uh, the gentleman from Brazil. Age 32, height 5'11", weight 170 pounds is his weight division against Curtis, the rising star Milder, also known as Curtius. Age 31, six foot three, 170 pounds is also his weight division. DJ Tony, let me give you the odds right quickly on this fight as well. Milder, as I mentioned, being the rising star coming at us at a minus 120. It's the favorite. Dos Santos coming back at us at a plus 100. So, DJ Tony, pretty much a pick em fight in this one, I believe. So, what you got going on here? Here's the thing where I'm going to cheat a little, you guys, because I've actually seen Curtis Millinder fight quite a bit when he was at LFA. Did see him fight at uh, in Bellator. Um, I'm actually surprised that, that they didn't sign him. This guy's a star, guys. I'm not saying that he's a John Jones. I'm certainly not saying that he's uh, Johnny Walker Blue, um, that type of star, or Dominic Reyes. But this guy, at 6'3", 170, this guy has something special. Both of these guys haven't lost in quite some time. Um, I think actually the last time uh, Millinder lost was in June of 2016. And obviously Dos Santos, no relation to the great junior Dos Santos, by the way. Um, it just, <laughs> just isn't as, as big, right? He's, he's a good fighter. I mean, he's won six straight in the UFC. But if you look at who he's fought, Lyman Good, you know, the Max Griffin, Max Payne Griffin's a good fighter. These are decisions. Did have the last two TKOs with Sean Strickland and Luigi Venderini. But these are not, this is not Curtis Milner. I'm taking Curtis Milner, guys. And he's, he's going to actually light up the sky somehow, some way. I'm taking him with a TKO, let's just say with a head kick. Second round, Curtis Milner. All right, second round, TKO for DJ Tony. And, of course, I know that uh, Marco is probably going to go the other way on this one, but I'm going to agree with you, DJ Tony. You know, as impressive as really both guys' records are. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six in a row uh, for Dos Santos. And, of course, as you mentioned, uh, Millinder has not lost since 2015. Um, and of course, maybe the last three fights, you know, he's only had in the UFC and the rest, as you mentioned, DJ Tony being the LFA, but as we had mentioned, a rising star in this division, I'm also going to take him. I'm not going to give much breakdown on this one. I'm just going to go ahead and say, I'm going to take Millinder as well. Um, and I'm going to take him by decision. All right, Marco, it's your turn to prove us both wrong. What you got going on here? Event. It's gonna be a clean. I want to see. It's gonna be a clean sweep, man. Uh, I am more uh, aware of Curtis right. Melander. Uh, Curtis Curtis Melander, man. I love that nickname, by the way. I'm more aware of his yeah. body of work than I am of Dos Santos. Um, look, uh, the, the guy just got the the high and the rich, man. And uh, um, for better or for worse, I think that banking on Curtis 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 Melander because he's a more marketable guy. I was surprised that the odds were so close. I'm not going to lie. I saw Melinda was going to be a more sizable favorite. Uh, so it tells you a lot about what uh, the, the Vegas thinks about uh, Dos Santos. 
but I'm still going with a my more no commodity is Melander. Look, I think this Brazil is a tough guy. So it's going to be hard to, to to pull away, but I'm still going to give Melander the the, the, the advantage because of just the, the high end reach, man. He's, I think he's going to play it on the outside and pepper this guy for three rounds and win a, a 30 27 unanimous decision for, for Melander. All right. So uh, let's recap the, the the main event and the co-main event. Uh, Marco is going with uh, Derek Lewis, uh, third round KO. Tony also going with Lewis, first round TKO. And unfortunately, Proteus changing the tide here, going with Dos Santos in the fourth round by TKO uh, on a tired, tired Derek Lewis. In the co-main event, DJ Tony, Proteus, and Marco all have Millinder, of course, so that will not uh, be very exciting, except if DJ Tony wins uh, by the second round TKO. Marco and I both have Millinder by decision. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, time to throw to everyone's favorite segment of the show, hashtag Spotlight Fight of the Night. Marco, let's throw to you for your Spotlight Fight of the Night here, brother. I've been debating these two fights, uh, but you know, the, the ones that got freaking chaos and, and chingasos written all over is Steam Means versus freaking uh, Nico Price. And, um, yeah. uh, you know, Steam Means is, is a violent person. That dude goes up there to, to blow your head off or get, get knocked out himself. He's going to be probably far than I, he's going to entertain a fight. I want to pick up Tim Means, but somehow okay. uh, getting a TKO on the second round, you know, with those elbows with him. Uh, yeah, give me Tim Means with a second round TKO. Yeah, this was uh, this was one that I had my eye on as well, Marco. Another uh, exciting welterweight division fight. Uh, yeah, very good fight, Nico Price. Not 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 a, a, a you know a very hard contender for Tim Means, but of course Tim Means a very exci- exciting and talented fighter as well. DJ Tony, let's throw to you for your spotlight fight of the night, please. And I think I know where we're going. Proteus, actually, you know what? I'm gonna throw you for you you guys for a loop only because of this. No, you're not. Pam, by the way, called me and said that I get to pick two spotlight fights. <laughs> But but let me tell right. you guys why. Let let me tell you guys why. My favorite person in the entire MMA happens to be Benil Darius. There's no doubt about it. I think he's just a class act. My favorite fighter. Um, how can I not choose Benil Darius? So my friend spotlight fight for Pam, friend to the show, friend all the way across. Benil Darius, I have him with a decision over Drew Dober via Pam. I'm lying, by the way. She didn't call me. But, <laughs> and you, you, you guys no, know, no, I own. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. Don't do it. I agree. Lying. I agree. But Don't how cheat. can I not look at Yana Kunitskaya? Shout out to Yana Kunitskaya. But on that one, you guys. I'm going to choose friend to the show, Marion Renault, who we got to meet, of course, in Fresno. Um, was it Visalia? Now I can't recall. But uh, I'm choosing Marion Renault with a decision. Actually, you know what? Submission over Yana okay. Kunitskaya. In the, how about that? Why is the basic rule of the show when it comes to friends of the show? 
the basic rule is still for last week, it's still for last week, because everybody got a pass last week, is that you don't pick against friends of the show. Not allowed. It's not allowed. So shout out to Mario Renner. <laughs> you go get her, girl. Go get her, girl. And and just quickly, uh, before I move on, DJ Tony, uh, what did what was Pam's pick with Darius, the method and round? Pam choosing, I'm lying, by the way, uh, <laughs> decision, Benil Darius over Drew Dover. All right. All right. All right. So I just wanted to quickly shout out uh, Lewis Smoka against Matt Schnell. That one should be a slobber knocker, ladies and gentlemen, as well. So, I mean, the undercard of this particular event, uh, pretty good, pretty good here. And, and it's going to be nice to see Smoka, um, you know, with all of this, his past history, and see him get another win in a row. That'd be five in a row for him. So, uh, not my spotlight fight of the night, though. I'm going to go ahead and go with the uh, the other heavyweight bout on the card. Uh, Blogoff Ivanov, another of that we need to mention against Ben Rothwell. And I'm going to take Big the Bad Ben. Kino um, Kino. There you go. I, I love it. That's a good one. You know, he, Ben Rothwell, like Mike Marco was saying, he's the the killer from Kenosha. Um, is is again? I think the more more experienced fighter, Ben, being off for a bit. Of course, we know with those troubles. But I'm going to take Big Ben. I'm going to take him. Um, I'm sorry, I put Ben down instead of Proteus. That's fun. Uh, Proteus uh, is going to take Rothwell. I'm going to take him by second round KO. And he is real the quick. killer Kenoshan. Yeah, go ahead, real quick. Uh, shout out to Ben Robert because, you know, before he got in trouble with USADA, the guy was on a run, yeah. on a roll, man. I mean, he was like he was. sniffing at a title shot. And uh, I hopefully uh, he, he positioned himself again for. Uh, one more round, dude, because I see he got one more round left for him to try to get that, you know, elusive title shot. So go, you go, Ben. Friend of the friend of the MMA junkie, you know, he's a junkie at heart. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, we do. And and of course, as you as we mentioned, those troubles. I mean, Ben's been off since 2000, April of 2016. Uh, so it, it's going to be hard coming back after, you know, uh, pretty much three years off. But let's go ahead and and give our our uh, our face behind Ben Rothwell, as you said, Marco, friend of MMA Junkie, uh, and anybody who's been listening to MMA Junkie for a long period of time, as we have we have been, uh, will know that he is a friend of the show. All right, guys, let's go ahead uh, and move along. We are moving along swiftly, but I think that we have a lot to talk about in Amp Radio Rewind. Marco. <laughs> Thank you, Marco. So let's go in ahead and revisit, if we can, ladies and gentlemen, UFC 235. Cue that music, DJ Tony. Thank you, sir. All right, so the main event of UFC 235, uh, John Jones versus Anthony Smith. And, of course, uh, the field was split on these picks last week. Uh, Marco and Proteus both choosing Jones. Pam and Tony going with, obviously, friend of the show. And, and Marco had mentioned the caveat of last week was that 
this is going to be an uphill battle for uh, Smith, and we all knew that. So we were allowed to go against the usual rules and pick Jones. So we had a little bit of controversy in this particular fight, Marco. Uh, John Jones seemingly throwing not one but two illegal uh, kicks and, and one knee. One kick, one knee. The knee landed. He was docked uh, for that illegal uh, procedure, and uh, Anthony Smith decided to fight on, go out on his shield. And let's be honest, Marco, uh, I don't think anyone else in uh, Smith's position would have taken such a beating from Jones as he did. Uh, what were your thoughts on this fight and, and of course, the illegal throws? Okay, so... <clears throat> Let's start out of the fight first. Uh, John Jones is going to John Jones, man. The guy is the best fighter we have seen in, in, in a generation, in his generation. The guy is so good. And uh, the way uh, Anthony Spear represented himself was outstanding. I mean, he exceeded expectations, you know. He, he won all five with John Jones. Uh, he did not put too much of an offense on. I mean, he, defensively speaking, he was sound. His takedown defense was on point. You know, he didn't take that much damage, but he took a beating. And John Jones just was outstanding. Let's add the, the, the controversial kicks, man. Uh, the first kick that I seen that was the most uh, egregious one, the one that when uh, Anthony was sitting, like he, he aimed to the body by yeah. the slide to the head of uh, Anthony. Uh, it was called a no foul. They, they, like, there was no warning, nothing. According to the uh, Herdin, you know, he, he did not hit the head because, you know, Anthony was, he protected himself, you know, with, with his arm. Yeah. Uh, so there was no points taken. He, he, granted, for me, that was the most egregious kick. Uh, the knee, if he, would, if he was across the border in California, that would have been a perfectly legal knee. Because Nevada, on their freaking outstanding stupid wisdom, has not taken all the unified rules and which <laughs> remain with that three-point of contact, a stupid rule of the freaking uh, down opponent. Uh, but in California, that knee would have been perfectly legal. Kudos to Anthony Smith, because any other freaking shitting-ass uh, muffle would have freaking uh, said, oh, I can continue, they would have disqualified John Jones. He would have, Anthony Smith would have walked out with the title, but everybody would have known that that was a tainted title. And uh, Anthony Smith said so himself. He went there to win the title, not to steal it. So, you know... I think his uh, profile and his, uh, the, the way people see Anthony Smith went up. Everybody respects the guy so much, including John Jones. Everybody. Everybody's talking marvels about Anthony Smith and deservedly so. But John Jones is the better, he was and was the better fighter. I mean, what can I say about the guy, you know? Pickograms or no pickograms, the, the guy is freaking outstanding. And uh, we, we are, I guess, blessed to see this guy fight in this day and age. You know, and he's going to run to every single like heavyweight up there. Probably the best challenges for John Jones in the future are going to be a, a heavyweight, not a light heavyweight. So, you know, until that happens, you know, they're going to put Diego Santos in front of him. It's going to run through him. They're going to put uh, Dominic Reyes in front of him. It's going to run through him. And then Jimmy Walker, and then probably going to move to heavyweight. So, Anthony Smith probably will get a chance to fight for a title again, but not against John Jones. Maybe next year when he moves to heavyweight against somebody else. And that will be the continuation of this story. 
This is a tough one, you guys. I think Markle said everything that needed to be said, but I will say a few things in terms of this. Obviously, he did exceed expectations. Listen, I, I'm not dumb enough to believe that I thought that Lionheart would have an easy time with John Jones. I don't think, it, like Marco said, I don't think anyone can be John Jones except for John Jones' own demons. But I think John Jones fights to the level of competition. And I think when he thinks he has an easier time, he takes it easy. And just like if you, if you guys remember the Miami Heat when they had LeBron and Wayne Wade and everyone else, they would kind of cruise. No, no, I'm being serious. They would kind of cruise. That's an excellent point. I was going to say, a lot of people harp on John Jones for the Ovenson profile, but I think he does fight to the level of the competition. You are absolutely right. I think we saw that, Marco, right, with him, like, playing around with the kicks. You can tell when John Jones is serious and when he isn't, because when he's serious, he tends to end the fight quickly. When he's, like, literally trying to get just airtime in, he starts goofing around. So... Listen, shout out to Lionheart Smith. I don't know if he'll ever get another title shot. He just proved to be a complete class act. John Jones is just an extraordinary athlete and a really a smart fighter, you guys. So, I mean, not much that can be said. John Jones won because he should have won. Anthony Smith is pure class. I'm, I'm not going to contend with anything you guys said, but I wanted to highlight some facts or uh, some things that I saw here in the first round john jones's uh behavior was much different from uh two through five okay john jones at the beginning i think what you guys are saying is that is correct it, it, he did think that he was going to be able to run through anthony smith and he was trying to throw big shots like you guys said and finish the fight but he anthony smith was able to elude and he was prepared for john jones he was prepared for what John Jones is good at, and uh, and he knew uh, Anthony Smith knew where his weak links were, and was not allowing John Jones to get those uh, to those weak links in the first. Now, after the first round, we saw a, a lot different behavior from John Jones. John Jones was getting more creative. He was timing Anthony Smith a lot better, and of course. I think we're underestimating how much a lot of these kicks uh, and punches were hurting. I mean, if you, if you just look at the, the beautiful technique on those uh, uh, spinning techniques uh, to the chest uh, of Anthony Smith with the kicks, uh, it's just impressive. I mean, he, uh, John Jones is able to keep Anthony at the exact um, correct distance so that the, those kicks had the most amount of um, impact. And then you, you fast forward and you, and you, sh- you, you go to when John Jones, uh, I believe it was in the third or the fourth round, was going for a uh, uh, third round, was going for a, um, a flying knee. Uh, Anthony Smith backs up a bit, and John Jones is able to turn that flying knee into a defensive technique which was, uh, you know, a kick towards the uh, the leg of Anthony, the lead leg of Anthony Smith. Uh, I just thought what we saw from John Jones was very impressive. He picked him apart. Uh, we saw Anthony Smith just lying there, just sitting on the ground, just trying to just not do anything to get knocked out. And uh, the unfortunate, you know, the unfortunate knee, uh, the kick, of course, I, I didn't, as Marco said, I don't believe it, maybe it was going for the head, but again, it, it didn't hit the head first. So 
um, we have to discount that. But we have to see that John Jones was trying to finish that fight. I think he was trying to desperately finish that fight in the first couple of rounds, even into the fourth when he was throwing that, as Marco mentioned, not illegal knee in California, uh, but in Las Vegas. And let's talk about that knee for one second, ladies and gentlemen, because I do... I watched it a number of times. I watched it in slow motion. I watched the replays. I do believe that the the knee was trying to, as as the the they had said, or as John Jones had said, the explanation of what he was doing was trying to time Smith coming up off of the canvas, and and it it actually hit the the shoulder first, and then it seemed like John Jones kind of moved it a little bit, and and it did tag him a bit, uh, Anthony Smith in the face. So it hit the shoulder first, and then bounced off and hit him in the head, or or John Jones decided to move it. I'm not sure which one. Of, I do appreciate that Herb Dean stopped the fight right away. Uh, you know, and he made the Herb Dean made sure that whomever he was talking to, the official that he was talking to, said you could see the infraction that it was. You know, and as Marco had said, I mean, and we said on this show previous times that the the um, athletic commission in Nevada not taking on the newest unified rules, except for this down-to-fighter rule, is is very confusing. Um, And and it's a matter of inches, right, Marco? It's a matter of whether your palm is down or or your fingertips are down. Um, Anthony Smith was moving up. It looked like he was getting up. It looked like, to me, that um, if Smith kept on moving in an upward trajectory, that that would have landed clean. Um, so I didn't really have a great deal of problem with it. I was okay with Herb Dean taking the two points as well because um, uh, it was pretty egregious. It was also the second kind of shot that was uh, towards the head of a downed uh, opponent. So um, great win by John Jones. Um, one thing I also wanted to point out is that uh, Dana White did not put this belt on John Jones. Uh, for some reason, Mick Maynard came into the uh, octagon and put that belt on John Jones quickly and then proceeded to scurry out of the cage as fast as possible. I did ask one John Morgan about set of uh, um, uh, actions by Dana White, and uh, what I got back was that Dana White has recently had shoulder surgery and that was the reason why perhaps um, Mr. White did not get in there and put on the belt on uh, Mr. Jones. However, uh, he had no problem putting that belt on uh, Mr. Usman in the next fight that we will talk about, and, of course, meeting and greeting with uh, Usman's family as well. Uh, so I will digress on this one, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead. On the two points taken, how dominant was John John that they take two points like he still went 48-44? He had a 10-8 run in there on the five round fight. Exactly. That, yeah, how dominant was that performance? You take two points away, he still win by four points. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was crazy because it, it, he was just rolling over Anthony Smith. Let's, let's just say that. Yeah, let's go to the next right, Marco, go ahead. I, I, I need you to, to, to talk to, to about the next fight. Uh, freaking uh, Shamaru Usman is a problem. Oh, God. Dude. The first time I pick in favor of Tyron Goodley, and the most freaking losers and losers like that. Uh, what happened to Tyron Goodley, man? I mean, I, I'm surprised and not really, because he always fights with his back against the fence, and uh, he always counterpunch. I mean, he counterpunched a lot, but he did nothing. And Kamaru Usman just put it on him. And congratulations, Kamaru Usman. He got 245, I mean, a 250 44s and 150 45. 
whoever was the judge that gave him a 50-45 is blind because that round where he was mounted on Tyron Goodley was a 10-8. Undoubtedly, uh, man, a lot of people are happy on Mark Goddard about the, the separations and the stand-ups and other stuff, but Luktor has broken down to, broke it down today to the time and how long it took Goddard to stand up and separate the fighters. And I didn't have any problem with it, dude. I mean, it, it kept the fight moving. It, it, they, you know, they reset the action. I, it, it, it did not affect the outcome of the fight whatsoever. So a lot of people have been really hard on Mark Goddard and what he said to Camaro Usman that he actually acknowledged himself that probably was the wrong choice of words and that this is a fight. Now, yeah, you, you may up there, Goddard, but the rest of the fight, you have a problem with it. And, and Camaro Usman, outstanding, man. I don't know who we're going to talk about, Kobe Covington, who is, by the way, the rightful number one contender of the next fight with Kamaru Usman and his antics last week. But I'm going to talk about it anyway. Kobe Covington did a fight last week. He saw all the headlines. All the headlines last week was Ben Askins and Kobe Covington. And Kobe Covington got himself a freaking title shot by being the annoying little prick he is. And I know Kobe Covington is kicking himself because the way Kamaru Usman fights is the way Kobe Covington fights. And what the, the Tyron Goody that showed up last Saturday would have been beaten by Kobe Covington in the exact same way Kamaru Usman beat him. So I know Covington is kicking himself because of that. But we're going to see Covington and Usman as it's going to be an entertaining fight too. Ne- never mind the fact that they got into a freaking melee with Ali Abdelaziz, that freaking comeback that is always time to get in fast with. He did the same check with freaking Khabib Nurmagomedov, man. Getting on the hill as a time to fight people. And on WSOF, getting in brawls with the crowd. Fuck Leah de la Suisse, man. Camaro, you should fire that dude because he's a freaking piece of dirt. But Kobe going to Camaro Usman next. And I cannot wait, brother. Yeah, and I know, guys, There, I know I went for a long period of time on that particular, the last fight. But there was a lot of talk about in these, all three of these particular fights, the main event, the co-main event, and um, the the fight underneath the co-main event. Marco, you bring up good points about Usman. You bring up good points about uh, 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 Ali. Uh, I have mentioned that before on this show. And, of course, you bring up good points about Covington. But let's go to throw to DJ Tony for his comments on the co-main event. Um, of course, I have to gloat and say that I was the only one who took Usman in this particular fight. Everyone else went with Woodley. Uh, Boo! Cronius, you know what? You might have been the only one that actually got that one, honestly, because I like Usman. I believed in Usman, but did I think that he could beat Woodley? Markle said it, not even close. But that wasn't the same member, and I don't know if it's just age or whatever, but that was odd. I do want to move on to this one, though, uh, if you'll allow me, Proteus, is the Ben Askren, Robbie Lawler. I know Marco brought up a little bit about uh, Mark Goddard. But Mark Goddard, honestly, for the the fact that John Anik is going against a referee as hard as he did means that Mark Goddard must not be a good person, you guys. I have no idea what he's like outside the ring, but they kept talking about how cocky he is, how rude he is. Um, if John well, Anik doesn't that, like you, you've done something wrong. That's how they love Mark Goddard, and they got a podcast together, and uh, – they're pretty good at it. I, 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 I took a listen to it, to the Dan Hardy and Mark Goddard podcast, and I did, he, he sounds pretty likable on the podcast. So, I don't know, it's, it's, it's on the end of the beholder, man. He, he might be a little bit arrogant and cocky, but I do not think Mark Goddard is a bad referee. As a matter of fact, I think he's one of the better referees we got up there. 
So he, let's not compare him with Steve Masagari, Mary Yamasaka, or Kim Whistler. Right. Know, the guy's not nowhere near that. And like I said before, his decisions did not affect the outcome of the fight. And the way Luke Thomas broke right. it down today, he, he made a really good point that he actually kept the action going because at, at some point yeah. they were just stolen. And not, not really stolen, they were on a stalemate. When you stalemate, I mean, you gotta keep it, you, you got to move it along. They do it on boxing. In wrestling, man, if you ever wrestle, you know, they keep that freaking whistle fat. Same in jiu-jitsu. You know, they take points away for the stolen and stuff. So, uh, yeah, this is all with the freaking uh, stand-ups and uh, move it along, bro. DJ Tony, you got any more to say about that, or should I weigh in? No, well, go ahead and weigh in. But, I w- again, just on that remark, Marco, and I, I think you're 100% right except for one thing. You keep you you keep harking on the fact that Mark Goddard – is a, a good referee. No one's saying that he isn't a good referee. What his attitude is what makes him difficult. If he's rude to the commentators, if he's first off, he shouldn't be on Twitter to begin with. It's, it's not his business to be on Twitter. But if, if you're, uh, if you're, uh, but if John Anik and Joe Rogan are both saying it's his attitude, this has nothing to do with his referee style, right? It has to do with how he conducts himself in the ring or in the cage, which is what we're talking about. That's, that's my only contention. And, Marco, you're not on mute anymore. I just wanted to... I, 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 I want to play devil's advocate. Have, and like we, we follow the sport like religiously because we're super fans. Have we ever had any issue with Mark Goddard except for this time? Have you ever had any other occasion when we're talking about Matt Gordon's refereeing style, okay, I, I'm, I'm being very serious because this is the very first time I ever heard Matt Gordon being on a controversy like this. I mean, we have heard about her game, you know, several t- times, you know, including this card that we want to talk about. He has had issues, you know, with the decisions he has made. Even Big John McCarty, okay, let's not even mention Mark Sagari, Yamasaki, and Winslow, you know, but this is the first time I, I can recall that we have had any any issue with Mark, Mark Goddard. And uh, it's because it was a championship fight and because the uh, commentators disagree with him. I mean, the guy's a human being and he was getting it from all angles. At one point, you have to defend yourself. Yeah, I get that 100%. And Mark Goddard, as, as, uh, look, this is a side story besides what happened in the fight, okay? I mean, John Anik and Mark Goddard going at it is, is not any of my business. I wanted to talk about what happened in the fight and what Mark Goddard did. Okay, so Luke Thomas broke it down. I had a problem myself, to be honest with you guys, watching it live, had a problem with what Mark Goddard was doing. Did he move the action along? Yes, Marco, he did. But did he move it along in a, in a point in time where uh, it, it probably gave Woodley another opportunity to get out of the, uh, the position that he was in? Yes, it did. So I disagreed with it there. Did it, ex- did it um, affect the fight? No, because Woodley was not able to get back. Great win by Carl Usman, and I think it's sometimes it's tough to get out of those satin sheets uh, when you are – living inside of them, as they would say. So let's go on and move to uh, the next fight on this particular card. Um, uh, the, <laughs> another, another, another reason, uh, like you said, Marco, you know, um, the referee comes up again. And, of course, uh, DJ Tony, your favorite referee, coming up again and, and affecting the fight. Um, Robbie Lawler uh, coming out looking impressive. 
and and not getting the win. So let's go ahead and throw it to you on this one, DJ Tony. What did you think about this fight here? <laughs> did you did you feel bad for Lawler or not so much? I actually felt really bad for Lawler. I felt a, a little worse for Herb Dean, like because Marco has said this. Herb Dean, we questioned her Herb Dean before, right? I mean, we've said so many people were talking about how good he was, how he's a number two besides McCarthy, but we questioned Herb Dean a few times. And if you see the the Twitter, there's a Twitter uh, audio feed where Robbie Lawler just being a class act, guys, and saying, "Hey, listen, you're you you effed up, but you're a good ref. You're a good ref." Man, I don't know if I'd be as as classy as as Robbie Lawler on that one, you guys. Because I didn't see him go out. I saw his hand drop, but I thought he was still in it. Heck, Ben Askren was rocked. I mean, really bad. Obviously, it wasn't to the point where it could have been stopped, but it was close. Um, I'm just disappointed that Ben Askren doesn't want to fight Robbie Lawler again, you guys, because I think this needs to be run back. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll weigh in real quickly and want to get Marco to uh, weigh in and then end the show. Um, but this one here, unfortunately, guys, uh, it's another another example of you got to move. Uh, you got to move. You can't just give the thumbs up. I mean, if I was Herb Dean, even when I was watching it live, Marco, I thought, oh, Robbie Lawler's out. Unfortunately, I was like, oh, <laughs> unfortunately, Robbie Lawler looked great in the first uh, the first part of the fight, and then and then. Uh, and then and then didn't look so great um, when Askren was able to get him to the ground and get him in that bulldog choke. And, and look, it was over the head. It wasn't underneath the, the neck at all. Robbie Lawler did look. His hand fell down, kind of looked uh, from the frontal view that uh, he could have been out. I thought he was out. Everybody thought he was out, you know, uh, but he wasn't. So, or maybe he was and he came, he came back after um, Askren let go. Who knows? Yes, this fight needs to happen again. Uh, there's no way that Askren wins this particular battle between Dana White and himself. This fight is going to happen again, or Ben Askren doesn't fight for a very, very long time, and his contract runs out. Thanks for coming out, Ben Askren. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. When it comes to Ben Askren not fighting again, the U.S. is legally obligated to offer him fights. So he, they could offer him fights that he doesn't want. But uh, look... The five men, well, I, I pick Robbie Lawler. Everybody knows that I, I'm mad for Robbie Lawler. And for a second there, Robbie made me look really good with that body slam, with that slam. Right. And then yep. the, the, the gift wrap on the, on the, on the hand and, and wailing on freaking Ben Askren. I think Robbie tried to freaking preserve himself because he, he didn't want to gas himself out. If he could just press on the freaking uh, pedal a little bit longer, he probably got to get the TKO, man, because he was like race close to get the referee her then to intervene. Kudos yeah. to Ben Askren for weathering that, that not a the storm, the hurricane, you know, <clears throat> that tornado that was probably loaded at the beginning of the fight. Get into the road to the bulldog shock. Now, the controversy is going to blink forever because I personally thought that Robbie was out. John Rogan, Dominic Cruz, and freaking... Uh, uh, who was it? And John Anik, all three of them saw it. Robbie was out for a second. They called it out, and then probably yep. popped right back up. Now, if you see the the Gracie breakdown with Heenan and Heron, they made the case of why Robbie Lawler was maybe out for a second, and then you know when the hand dropped, and by all intents and purposes, it's a technical solution because he was out, and then when uh, Astra let go, 
block and rush back, back and up, and you don't even realize you went out, you know. Uh, the goal was a great mm-hmm. breakdown because they did a great job on the pull the choke and why Robbie was not going anywhere. It was a minute 40 left. We've been asking, choking you like a freaking python. And uh, here is on, on, on Herbin. Herbin was not decisive enough when he should have intervened to stop the fight because he could have stopped the fight the moment the hand dropped. Nobody would have said nothing, you know. Everybody would be like, oh, yeah, he was out. And he woke up when... when when Askren let go. Or if Herbin, because it reminds me a lot of the Michael Chiesa Kevin Lee fight. You know, a lot of people complain that uh, Michael Chiesa wasn't out and, and Yamasaki uh, stopped right. too early. Now, uh, a little bit of a difference because, you know, he, that, that was a real naked shot, so you got uh, can actually see Chiesa's face. But, you know, the, the hand was wobbly and stuff, and they stopped it. And Chiesa popped right back up and complained, hey, why, why did you stop it? You know, I was about to freaking get out of it. If Herbin would have let the choke hold a little bit longer, make sure that probably was out for good, you know, then he go to sleep. If he would have done that, or when freaking Misha Tape choke out uh, Holy Home, Holy Home went to sleep. Yeah. You know, uh, if, if they would have done that, there would have been no controversy, but his indecisiveness, either not finishing the fight when the hand dropped, or not just letting the freaking Shock hole until Roy was completely out was what affected this fight. If they run it that great, Ben Askren shouldn't take the fight because for all technical purposes, it was called a submission. You know, it's not his fault the referee made the quote unquote wrong call. It's not his fault. But if they run it back, we hope run away either. If, if they run it back, great. If they don't, and he gets the winner of uh, Till Masvidal, even better. You know, Ben Askren is a star in the making. He should have been on the UFC a long time ago. I, I like his antics. I like how witty he is. Maybe not his part in the style so much, but if he's going to be choking people all like that, maybe we got something here. Yeah, maybe we do. And, and, and you know, so may, uh, again, we, we, we harp on these referees but who, who need to make a decision in a split second. And then, you know, if the fighter pops back up and says, what the fuck, um, we, we have sympathy for the fighter. Um Again, I, I don't know. I, th- I think the position that Robbie was in, uh, even if he was out, I mean, Ben Askren was holding him up. So uh, it's hard to tell. And hard, hard to tell, and I would like to see it run back. And I don't think that uh, Askren is going to get another fight besides Robbie Lawler. So let's go real quickly. Uh, DJ Tony, you, as Marco had brought up. You seen when uh, Kobe Kobe to ambush Dana White on the Pearl of the Palms on the blackjack table? That footage at the right side of freaking Dana White. This is young, pretty young lady that kind of sort of gets to oh. town real quick. Like, yeah, yeah, that is that is Dana White's side piece. You know that. I, I mean, there you haven't been there before. I'm like nothing is happening. I'm like you're playing cards because you gauge yourself out big time by just getting up and just keeping town. We know you. We, I know everybody knows you're Dana White's side piece, and you we can you cannot hide it anymore. <laughs> well, shout out to Marco for catching that hottie who gave us what. 30, side piece. 30 yeah, not side even, piece. yeah, not even, a, not even a whole second, I think, of uh, being able to see her. You know, listen, Cody Garbrandt, guys, three straight KO losses. I don't know, guys. I think, I think he's done in more ways than one, unless he changes his fight style. I actually fought very similar to him, and I mean this with a smile because if anyone has ever seen me fight, no one's going to, you know, compare me to Cody Garbrandt. That's for darn sure. But 
I fought the same style where I get hit, it's like all of a sudden it's on, but you can't fight that way. Especially, guys, three straight KO losses at 135 pounds? Something's wrong. Yeah. And in the first Uh, round, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Cody got an amateur boxing background, too. 30 and 1 in amateur boxing. Exactly. So he's going to take a lot of blows to the head. Plus, you know, wrestling. And he was a middle lamb baker in freaking high school. So he's been taking blows to the head for a long time. But uh, his former coach in uh, Alpha Male, I don't, I don't recall his name now. He, he left Alpha Male. Uh, man, I, I got the name of it, the tip of my tongue, but uh, I, I can't recall it. Well, he was in a... Um, Buckholz. Buckles, Justy Buckles, thank you. Uh, they, they got an interview with uh, Luke Thomas again, and he spit a lot of better about Alpha Male and Uriah Faber. Uh, no, he, he was on another podcast. I just mentioned on Luke Thomas today. What well, bottom line is, you know, Alpha Male got the issues with Dwayne Van Lowick. Then they went to Martin Catman. Then Justin Buckles. What is the freaking uh, common denominator with all those three guys? They all left Alpha Male. Because they all got the same grievances about Uriah Favor. He's not only Ooh, the owner, yep. the manager. He's also uh, getting involved with the coaching, the the the, the final yep. figure. He's, uh, he 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 gets his fingers on the freaking uh, uh, cook, cook, cookie jar when it comes to the training of the fighters too much, you know. And it's his way of the yep. highway, and people just leave like. They, what Van uh, Lowe, what did he left? He, he's doing his own thing. Bagos left, he's doing his own, own thing. Martin Cadman, thing, thing. So maybe the problem is not Cody Garbrandt, because when Cody Garbrandt was with Justin Bagos, they, they, Justin Bagos was the cornerman and head trainer of Cody Garbrandt when he beat Dominic Cruz and when he was on his run, you know, yeah. that, that one year that he went from on rank to champion, Justin Bagos was his head coach. Justin Bagos left. And he lost to freaking Dilacho twice, and now Munoz. So it, may, it might not just be the, that Cody Garbrandt probably might be an alpha male problem, cultural the philosophy there, and the fact that they are pushing out quality coaches and people that were guiding Cody Garbrandt the, the, the right way. But, I mean, did Dilacho left alpha male to follow Van Lockwood because he knew that guy was going to make him a champion, and he did. Yep. And. And Justin Michaels leave, and what happened? Cody Garbrandt is not the champion anymore. So maybe what what there is smoke, there is fire. I'm just putting that away on the freaking eater for people to ruminate about it. Yeah, and I'm just going to put it out there that I said that about two years ago. Thank you for confirming that, uh, Marco. Uh, I think, like you said, uh, Alpha Male is the problem. Um, and it, it is unfortunate for Cody because, uh, as you guys mentioned, he you know did rise to um, championship status, uh, champion status, and uh, like <laughs> he he probably beat one of the uh, uh, best in the division of Dominic Cruz, and and the way that he beat him was just so impressive. Uh, we need to see that guy come back again. All right, guys, uh, we need to go uh, ahead. And... Just, he's just 27 years old, so there's still time to correct this. True. But it's going to take probably a chance. He has to change a venue. He has to go and, and find someone else to train him because he doesn't get the right environment enough smell right now. One memory that I did have about uh, Cody was that he was on Junkie, and I called in uh, a number of years ago after we heard him speak, and 
you know, this guy is ready to throw down on the streets back in the day. He's had not only a number of professional and amateur fights, but he's had a number of fights uh, off on the streets as well. Uh, again, DJ Tony, cue the music. Let's get us out of here. Your guilty pleasure, anything you want to say, DJ Tony, go ahead and throw it out there. Guys, I got to actually shout out two people, and Marco said this every single time. Friend to the show first, obviously. Shout out to Marion Renault, the Belizean Bruiser. Follow her at Belizean Bruiser. She's just a class act, you guys. Just a tough, gritty Indeed. fighter, a teacher, mother. Shout out to Marion Renault. But you know who else we have to shout out? This time we're going to the Gram, to the <laughs> IG, guys, at Yana MMA. Good Lord. Yeah. Probably the best abs we've seen in quite some time. I said abs. So shout out to Yana Kunitskaya at Yana MMA on the IG. Yeah, I, I just wanted to give a shout out also to the photo that you posted yesterday on the AMP Radio um, Twitter feed and, of course, the AMP Radio Instagram feed. And uh, there's a word that starts with A that isn't abs that also is very nice on Kunitskaya. But I digress. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw to my... Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw to my uh, Proteus' shower pick for this week. And it, of course, uh, aligns with um, the release of this particular track uh, to the general public. Um, we got this week uh, the video for Coheed and Cambria's True Ugly. Uh, great track. The video was kind of meh. I mean, I would have just preferred more just uh, fan interaction and not have uh, uh, people with masks on, animal masks on. But great track. I don't want to belittle it. Um, go check it out on my YouTube um, playlist. It's, of course, marked Proteus's Shower Pick. Uh, and, of course, P-R-O-D-E-U-S is how you spell Proteus. Let's go ahead and throw it to Marco to get us out of here for this week. Marco, you got a Twitter follow of the week. You got a guilty pleasure. Uh, how far did you get in the Umbrella Academy, and did you enjoy it? Uh, I'm still uh, working on it. You know, uh, it's been a slow week on Necros for a bit. But I wanted to give a shout out uh, to two other fighters on this card. You know, Sadiq Mohamed Sharipov. Uh, you know, yep. he is what we believe he is. And Diego Nightmare Sanchez. Motherfucker, ageless son of a bitch, they're going winning. <laughs> so, in the state of guilty pleasure of the week, that is my shout out to two fighters that really impressed me. And, uh, uh, and Johnny Walker Blue. Oh, come on. That dude, the only way he got himself is by doing the work. But everything else is good with that guy. Follow Tony and DJ Tony. Follow Bruce and Aprario. Follow Para Pandora Box. Shout out to you, Pound. You want to know this week. Show me at Maldo Marco. Follow the show at another MMA cast. Red and Radio is not You know, we're on Google Play, iTunes, Blackstop Radio. Send us a, a comment, you know. Don't, don't be mean, you know. So if you want to criticize, send constructive criticism, but still give us five stars. Uh, five this weekend, they are on ESPN Plus for people here in the United States. And for people in Canada, on TSM for free. You son of a bitch, you don't have to pay for it. Uh, so, uh, see you guys this week. Enjoy the fight. This out. And just like that, DJ Tony. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs>